Well, hello, everyone. You are listening to the Real Relationship Talk podcast. I am your host, Dana Shea, and I am so happy that you are listening to this episode today. Real Relationship Talk exists to help draw you closer to your most intimate relationships, whether that be your relationship with Christ, your relationship in marriage, or even platonic relationships that are important to you. So listen, guys, today I have my husband back. He's hilarious. He's getting more comfortable in every episode. Episode, and this was probably our best conversation on the podcast yet. I'm so excited um, to just talk to you guys from the heart about things that Sean and I have experienced in the communication aspect of our relationship. We talk a lot about how we did things wrong, and then we talk about some different things that we've tried and are still trying. I think that's one of the most important things, one of the most important factors about a healthy marriage is that you never stop trying new things. And so I can't wait to share all of that with you as we get into today's episode about how to be heard. But before we do that, I want to share with you a listener review. So this review is from Apple Podcasts, and it's by P. Mama Moore. And she says, I love listening to this podcast. Dana Shea chose the right name, Real Talk. It is refreshing to hear her speak with such realness. I love how she asks questions and presents stories that are relevant and sometimes overlooked. She digs deep into each topic, and I'm always left wanting to hear more of the conversation. She's also very transparent about her own life, and I appreciate her honesty and willingness to shed light on the dark places in her life in order to free others from their dark spaces. Dana Shea is relatable, and each podcast feels like I'm chilling on my couch talking to a friend. I love that. Thank you for sharing this podcast with all of us, Dana Shea. I'll be listening. Well, thank you so much, P. Mama Moore, for your incredible review. I appreciate that so much. And you guys, that is exactly what this podcast is all about. I want you to feel like you are lounging on the couch. You and I are sitting across the table having coffee together, friend to friend, heart to heart. I want to be able to talk about the real issues that we face in relationships. There's no need in us talking about things that are not relatable to most people. And so from my own life, from the life of my friends and family and the people that I coach, I want to be able to bring to you issues that are affecting us all and not only bring to you issues, but really bring to you solutions. So again, thank you so much for that amazing review. Well, you guys, I am super excited to jump into our topic for today. We are going to be talking about how to be heard in your marriage. Now, this is obviously a marriage podcast, but I want you to be able to take some of these principles that we're going to share and you can use them for any relationship. So you don't have to be married in order to use the knowledge that we're going to share with you. So without any further ado, let's jump on into my conversation with my hubby, my honey, my best friend, my partner in crime, Sean, and we're going to talk about how to be heard in your marriage or in your relationship. Welcome back to episode 19. Um, that is actually my line. Thank you very much. This is, I am the host, Dana Shea, of the Real Relationship Talk podcast. But yes, we have my husband here, podcast host assistant extraordinaire. Um, but yeah, we're going to have a great conversation today. We are going to talk about how to be heard in your marriage and your relationship. And Sean, I actually do want you to kind of lead this episode because a lot of what we're going to talk about today 
is your idea. You are the brainchild behind some of these um, exercises or techniques, I guess, that we're going to share with our listeners today. You can't tell everybody that. Then you'd be giving away my secrets. I got to be the guy that doesn't talk. You know, you have some wisdom up in there. So let's talk. Okay. So do you remember when we first got married, we were living in the apartment And we were really young when we got married, you guys. We were 18 and 21. And so a lot of the things that we struggled with is just because we just didn't know. We didn't know how to communicate. And so one of the things that we started, and I don't even remember whose idea it was or why we even started this, but we had a notebook. And it was my idea. It was your idea, I'm sure. Okay. So we had this notebook. And the reason that we had the notebook was because we were not able to verbally communicate with each other. Like I would say something and you wouldn't hear me or you would say something and I wouldn't hear you. And it was just a lot of back and forth, hurt feelings, misunderstandings. And so we decided to start writing in this notebook. Do you remember? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I remember. I mean, because we would write, I would write about three or four pages and you would just write a paragraph. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You all know that is not true. Okay. I am the one with many words. I think I think it was definitely the opposite. I think I would probably write three or four pages back to back and you would be like, cool, sounds good. But I heard you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, it was good, though. Um, it was it was uh, a chance for both of us to express our feelings with um, our interruption. And it gave for me, it gave me an opportunity to, to hear you and read and see how you really felt and gave me time to process it and gave me, allowed me to write down how I felt uninterrupted. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was huge. It was valuable because I could express my feelings verbally. A lot of times I felt I couldn't be honest. I was intimidated by you, you know, cause you are straight off the cuff. Sometimes um, you don't hold anything back. You don't have any gray, you're black and white. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, geez, you know, and so being able to write it down, you know, fully how I really felt and get it all out was very valuable. Yeah, I like something that you said, Sean. You said you are you needed time to process. Mm-hmm. And so that was something that I really didn't know as an 18-year-old wife is that sometimes people process things differently than you. I don't need a lot of time to process. You know, it's like if you say something to me, I've got a solution and an answer right at the ready. And you aren't that way. You need more time to kind of think about what's being said, to kind of formulate an opinion or really, I guess, just to kind of get your own thoughts under control. And so for me, that would be very annoying because I felt like you're just trying to stall. You're not wanting to talk about the situation when you would be like, I would need, I need time to think. I'm like, what do you mean you need time to think? Like, what is there to think about? Just answer my question. And so I think when we started writing things down, that did, it, it gave you a way to kind of organize your thoughts a little bit. So you're not just responding to me because I'm telling you to respond to me. And for me, it, I think it opened up a new depth to you. Um, I saw that you actually did have feelings and you had opinions and you had thoughts and you had a perspective that was totally different than mine. And so I, yeah, I just think that that was probably one of the smartest things that we did early on in our marriage. I agree 100%. I know for me and a lot of guys I've talked to, a lot of times it's hard to talk to our um, female friends, partners, whatever it may be, because... You can call it a wife. Wife, yes. 
<laughs> a lot of times it's hard for us to talk to our wives or if you're a boyfriend or girlfriend to your girlfriend, because again, um, a lot of guys like to process through things, don't, don't like to respond quickly, want to make sure. That's how we do a lot of our thinking and, and thought processing almost anything. We like to think about it, plan it out, and um, have a calculated response. And so a lot of my experience is with you at the time, it was, you know, like you said, you had your response ready to go and you were ready. All right, let's engage in this conversation. And as they said, I'm sure many people have heard before, like guys only have so many words in a day. And what was it like 200 or something like that? I don't know, not much. And females have thousands of words or whatever. And so once we hit that limit, we're done. And we kind of like, I don't know what else to say. Mm -hmm. And you were just ready to go and keep going and going and just, it can appear that we don't care, that we are um, trying to hide something. It can appear all these negative things when it really isn't. It's just really, I need time to process, and mm -hmm. we just don't know how to communicate that. Do you think it's a gender thing, though? Like, do you think that it's most men are like that, or do you think it's more personality-driven? Like, there might be a woman who's listening today that's like, no, I am like that, too. I need time to process. And then you have those men who fly off the cuff and who are easily angered and just respond at the first little thing. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily gender related. Um, I definitely think, yeah, most, most in generalizations, if we're going to speak in generalizations, mm -hmm. I think most men definitely have fewer words than women. But I'm also thinking about the way that we're wired, sometimes it's not necessarily gender specific. It's more personality driven. Mm, that's good. That's good. You're probably right. I mean, I'm just speaking from experience. Mm -hmm, right. um, also, you know, you hit a key point, like um, those guys that get angry and fly off the cuff. Mm -hmm. That is a trait of, uh, of, of a guy usually because they run out of words. And mm -hmm. so since I don't have words and you have me backed in the corner, mm -hmm. Anger comes out. I'm going to fight my way out of this corner just so I can get some space, per se, or shut you up. Mm -hmm. You know, so a lot of times we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to make you stop. So the only way we can make you stop is anger. And that sometimes stops it. And, you know, and then for us, we don't, you know, it could lead to other stuff. Like for me, it happened to me before. I felt the repercussions of that, but at the moment, it was like, finally, geez, I can breathe. I can, you know, I can gather my thoughts, mm -hmm. you know, and stuff like that. So Yeah, and I think it's just a sign of maturity. Like, you have to understand your spouse's weaknesses, and you have to understand how your spouse is hardwired. You know, again, at 18 years old, I only cared about getting my point across, trying to make you see where I was coming from. I was not at all taking into account your personality, your disposition, your way of preferred communication. Like none of that stuff was in my in my mind mm -hmm. at 18 or even 20 or 25 even. I think I really had to learn that communication is not about me getting my point across. And I think that if a lot of couples realize that, uh, Danny Silk, I believe, says that it's the purpose of communication is not agreement, but understanding. Mm. So it's not me trying to make you understand my point and agreeing with my perspective. Mm -hmm. It's about me sharing. This is how I feel. And that's a vulnerable spot. We talked about vulnerability a couple episodes ago, but it's a vulnerable place to be in to say, I'm going to let you know my heart. I'm going to share how I feel about this. And you can kind of do with that what you want. But I'm not going to try to force you to see things from my perspective. That's good. That's good. And 
you're right. It's very vulnerable because you don't know how that person's going to respond. Right. And depending how they respond can drive your response. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's big. But, you know, that's a whole different episode we can get into. Let's, let's try and stay on topic here with the, um, <laughs> um, how to be heard. Okay. You know? <laughs> I got you. <laughs> how would you help a couple? Because I think about some of the couples that I'm working with right now who are challenged in their communication. They're just talking over each other. It's almost like they're speaking two totally different languages. And so if one spouse is speaking Mandarin and the other spouse is speaking Portuguese, they're never going to be able to hear each other. So how how would you advise a couple who, no matter what they try to do, it just seems like they just will never be able to understand each other? It's going to take time. I mean, it's not art or something that you can learn overnight. You know, it takes practice. Um, for us, you know, we started out with a notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but did that solve everything? No. You know, we've tried different things before. You know, um, we'll let you talk, we'll process, and we'll come back again, you know. But um, <clears throat> I think what's really working for us now is how we've um, said that. I'm going to listen to what you say. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm going to listen to what you say. And I ask you to give me some time to process to it. And I promise you I'm going to come back in an hour or tomorrow with a response. And I can't promise you'll like my response, but I'm going to give you a calculated response. And, you know, and then we can talk through it. And one thing that's hard to do, uh, still hard, you know, I, I, I struggle with it is when we do have these conversations, if we do have a disagreement or don't agree, like, okay, that's your opinion, and you can feel that way, I can feel my way, okay, now how do we, pro- how do we move forward, you right. know? And, you know, some nobody's going to always be right or get their way, mm-hmm. but you have to learn how to work together to come to a common agreement. Right. Like, let's try to put this in real time. Like, can you think of an example off the top of your head about like how we've been able to do this. Like, I remember when you told me this has probably been, I don't know, a year ago, maybe when you were like, I'm going to say something to you and I don't want you to respond for 24 hours. (laughs) (laughs) I was like 24 (laughs) hours. Oh my goodness. Like I've never, I've never done that before. I've never not responded to something for 24 hours. It just feels wrong. And that was probably one of the smartest things that you had said in that regard, because it took me, a while to really like unpack everything that you said. And then my initial response to you wasn't the response that I ended up giving you 24 hours later. Mm. Cause I actually had time to think about it. Right. And not only did I have time to think about how I felt, but I also had time to think about how you felt and what might really be going on inside of you. I don't even remember what the situation was. Honestly, I don't even know if you remember do you remember what it was? I don't. I remember saying that too. I don't remember what we're talking about, but I do know that that took our re- relationship to another level yeah. because I felt heard yeah. and and like you just listened to me and you processed through what I said, even if you didn't agree. Right. I was fine because you actually you know took what I said and listened to it, and that mm-hmm. was that's always been my biggest thing. Like, are you listening to me? Mm-hmm. You know, like, do you hear and. And a lot of times you ask me that, like, if I have a quick response to something or you can say, you're not listening to me. You can, you're already formulating your response in your head. I can already see it over your face. Right. Like, you're right. So 
I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. So. Yeah. Fellas, are you sick of your wife being too tired for sex? Ladies, do you get annoyed that all your husband seems to want is sex? What if you could take your intimate connection to the next level? I want to teach you about making love outside of the bedroom. Come learn how to make your lovemaking sessions last all day long. Join my hubby Sean and I for a hot and spicy virtual workshop on Tuesday, February 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll help you and your spouse to rekindle those loving feelings you felt when you first came together and make your marriage exciting again. Come with your spouse or come by yourself. Register today for the virtual workshop at danishay.com slash workshops. Whether you've been married for 30 days or 30 years, you won't want to miss this workshop. Register now at danashay.com slash workshops because it's time you made your marriage bed great again. I'm, I'm just sitting here trying to think of a lot of couples, married couples especially, we have disagreements over children. And we have four kids of our own, mm-hmm. you know, and we, <laughs> we do not agree on how to parent them all the time. Right. And when you have two strong people in a relationship with very strong opinions and values, neither of the value systems are wrong. They're just different. Right. And so I think that the first thing that we have to do is we have to realize that we're on the same team. Right. You and I, we are on the same team. It is us against the children. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Yes. Like, they yes. are not, they they should not come between us. And so whether it's. They will play you. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Like they are anointed to come between parents, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it's like you have to realize as a couple that it is you two together, regardless of whether it's you against your children or you against your finances, you against a sickness, you against an addiction, you against anything. It's the two of you versus fill in the blank. And so I think when you have that perspective, it's no longer about me winning or you winning because we're both trying to win. You know, you were a coach. I was a coach. We both played sports. And you have to understand that as a coach, the coach's main job is to win the game. Mm-hmm. As a team player, your main job is to win the game. You might have some disagreements with somebody on your team, but guess what? When it's time to go to battle, you have one purpose in mind. Right. right. And that's to win the game. Right. And so I think that if we married couples can understand that come hell or high water, whatever the circumstance is, you are on the same team. I think that lays a foundation of healthy, positive communication. Yeah, and that was big for us a a few years ago, too. We decided that no matter what the issue was, we're going to be on the same team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was telling um, a friend recently that, you know, we decided that once we decided we're going to be on the same team, no matter what, you know, um, decision would come up, we might not talk about it. You might make a decision at that moment, we're going to be unified Mm -hmm. and I'm going to support your decision. We'll talk about it later, not around them. And if we decide to change it, then it will be placed in whoever made that decision. They will go back and change the decision. And went so that way it would never look like, oh, somebody overturned it. You know, like they didn't agree with it. They overturned the kids, but, you know, think that's who I'm going to play on. That's who I'm going to play on. Like now they don't try to play us. You know, they ask one thing and 
I don't, sometimes I don't even know. I'm like, why you do that? Oh, mom said I couldn't do it. All right. Yep. You can't do it. Nope. And, you know, I'm just I just go right along with it and I come talk about it later and ask, you know, so. So I think that was really big for us. And that's the one thing that one thing I would suggest that everybody do is, you know, make that decision at the time being. You guys agree on it. You show solidarity. And then if you don't agree, talk about it later offline. If you want to change it and make alterations to it, then let that person who made the decision come back and, you know, change it. Right. I think that's so good, Sean. And I think one of the things, too, that I often ask myself is like, is this a big deal? Like, do I really need to disagree with Sean over this particular issue? Like, do I even really need to care? Right. You know, so, for example, I am into healthy eating. I definitely monitor what the kids eat. I'm watching their sugars. I'm watching (laughs) all of that, right? Like all the time. And I know they get sick of it, but I care about their health. You, on the other hand, I'm sure you care about their health in theory, but you're more of like, oh, just a free spirit. Like let them eat whatever they want. They're athletic. They'll burn it off. Like that's your thing. You always say they'll burn it off. Exactly. That's what I do. Listen, so... A lot of times if they say like, oh, you know, can we have ice cream? And I'm like, sure. And then you come home and you might have some candy or some some sweet treat for them. (laughs) Right. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is literally 200 grams of carbohydrates, you know, like and I used to get so bent out of shape about that because it was like, oh, you know, they're having too much sugar. They're having too much sugar. And what was happening was I was causing all of these problems between me and you because you brought them some candy. Right. You know, right, and yeah. it's like when I really started thinking about like, is that really like what is really going on here? Am I really that upset that they're eating sugar or is there something else at play? And so it's like being honest with yourself about like what is really going on behind your disagreement. Mm. And so for me, I like order and control. Mm -hmm. I had to realize, oh, I'm trying to control the situation. Mm -hmm. And Sean, being just who you are, like you weren't thinking about that. You were just like, oh, I'm going to do something nice for my kids tonight. And so your nice gesture ended up being tarnished because I'm all bent out of shape because they had too much sugar. Mm -hmm. You know, little stuff like that. Like, so at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter how much sugar the kids are consuming. I mean, it matters, but in that particular situation, that's just like, I could just take the L in that situation and be like, you know what? Dad brought you guys home a good treat, so y'all get double dessert tonight. Hmm. And spinning it a different way versus me getting all bent out of shape because of something that's so insignificant. Right, right, right. That's good. Yeah. And so I think learning, like, choose your battles, you know? That's one of the things my mom used to tell me all the time when we first got married. It's like, you have to choose your battles, whether that be with your spouse, whether that be with your children. In every relationship, you have to understand, like, what is worth the fight and what can I just overlook? What's just not worth it? Yeah, this was good. I mean, let's jump to another point. You know, also, um, let's go back to being heard. A lot of times, we have to look at how the other person grew up. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I didn't have a biological father in my life for, what, uh, 11, 12 years. Then I had a stepfather come in who was great. Love him, loves me, but it was still that barrier there because he was a stepfather and I didn't want to let anyone close to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't grow up with a... um a father that showed me how to communicate or how to communicate with the children or how to, because we remember we talked about this earlier. Like for me, it wasn't a big deal if my parents were at a sports event, sporting event, because I wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. I did my thing. 
and for you, you know, was a, a big deal. You know, they, how can you not be at a sporting event? And so growing, you know, as the kids grew older, like, what's the big deal if I'm not at a practice or if right. I miss this game? Uh, yeah. And you were just like, oh my gosh. It was the end of the world if I missed the practice. Like, I had to be at every single thing. And so that's such a good point, Sean, because I think sometimes we want to put our expectations mm-hmm. and our ideals on our spouse. And for you, like, honestly, like, I was taking this to a whole nother level, like, oh, my goodness, he is not an involved father because he doesn't want to sit out here at all these practices. And you were like, I'm going to be at all the games, but I don't need to be at the practices. And remember, I was like, well, but so-and-so's dad, mm-hmm. you know, there's that comparison, <laughs> right, right, right yep, that yep. we talked about several episodes ago. It's like, well, so-and-so's dad is out here, and there are all the practices. This kid's dad is out here. I'm the only mom at the football practice. It's a whole bunch of dads out here. And you were doing what? Out trying to work and yeah, provide, trying right? Trying to work and provide. And my biggest thing with that was, which I couldn't communicate or being heard, was that they have a coach for that. Mm-hmm. And the coach is supposed to do his job. And me, I know me and my expectation. And I'm not a coach. So I don't want to be there because I'm going to criticize that. You know, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? I want him, that coach, to coach. I don't want to be that parent where I'm criticizing everything the coach does and telling my son to do something different. Mm-hmm. You know, now my son's confused. Right. I know. am that parent. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to be the parent because I will be the parent Uh, telling the coach, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. Oh, man. But that's another way of, you know, not being heard because you had your expectations. I had my expectations. I'm looking at you like you're crazy. Mm -hmm. You sitting out here in this whatever, wasting your time away where you could be doing this other stuff and you come back and pick them up, you know, and. Just again, you know, it was just a difference of opinion. We've worked since worked through that. Right. But. Yeah, I think it's like what I've come to realize, Sean, is that it is not always like I am definitely a black and white person, but it's not everything is not always cut and dry, black or white, this or that. Like there's room for both. And Mm -hmm. there's room for your perspective and my perspective, how you grew up and how I grew up how we want to create our family that's different, you know, than our family of origin. Because I think that you take, you take whatever you kind of marinated in. I talk about this a lot. You take what I, whatever family you grew up in or you marinated in and you take the good, hopefully you extract the bad and then you create something beautiful between you and your spouse. Yeah, that's good. And if we're so busy trying to be like, well, when I grew up, this is how this is how my dad did it or this is how my mom did it, then you're going to miss out on creating something really beautiful between the two of you. Right. And so I think it's being able to understand that like your perspective is different than mine. It doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it wrong. It's just a different perspective. And I'm really leaning into like the beauty of Sean has a way different way of looking at the world than I do. And if I'm able to appreciate your way of looking into the world a different way than I am, then I can actually learn something. I can be like, oh, I never thought to do it that way before. That's interesting. And vice versa. You know, like you've helped me in my leadership skills. You know, I I feel I'm a great gatherer of people, a team builder, but having to step up sometimes and this is what we're going to do was always a struggle but 
you come up. No, this is what we're going to do. And this is how you need to say. And that's given me confidence into leading teams now. Mm-hmm. So like you said, you know, if you look at a, a person's perspective, you can learn from them and, you know, and really grow, grow yourself. You yeah. Know, so. Wow. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. No, I learned a lot from you, too. And I think that one of the things that that's that's kind of what, you know, the enemy, if you will, what would want to do. He would want to pit us against each other instead of us actually learning how to work together and saying, okay, you're really strong in this area. You're a better disciplinarian than me. Well, let's real talk. I'm a better disciplinarian. Hmm. I'm a better disciplinarian than you. Hmm. And so, but like they all, the kids also need fun and they need spontaneity. You know, it's like, too much of a good thing on either side can be harmful. So if they're constantly being disciplined, if I'm constantly holding them to the line, if I'm constantly being like, you guys, these are the rules, this is what we're going to do, then they're going to be depressed, Mm -hmm. you know, and suicidal. But if they're constantly just having fun and, you know, there's no rules and let's (laughs) just do whatever we want, then they're going to be irresponsible and lazy. There's got to be a balance of like the things that you bring to the table and the things that I bring to the table and being like, wow, how can we be heard? That's kind of what this whole podcast episode is about is understanding that both husband and wife, both people in the relationship have a hundred percent right to be heard. And what you bring is just as valuable as what I bring. Yes. That's good. That's good. So let's talk about Sean. A lot of times I'm going to go back to parenting because I just think this is so real for so many couples. When you disagree with the choice that your spouse has made. That's funny. I was about to just say, how do you, um, let's talk about how do you get to a, a disagreement that you both have your own opinion on. So yeah. it's kind of the same thing. Um, you know, I was thinking earlier because, um, again, I was talking to a good friend who's in this current situation and I told him a, a suggestion would be that I think I was telling you this too, when we were talking that, um, maybe, Whatever the disagreement is, write down how you, your spouse feels. Um, what do you think she's upset about and you know, a, a response to it? Mm-hmm. Both of you guys do that. Then after you finish that, you complete that. Then you write down you write down what you're upset about. Then after you finish, you exchange them. Mm-hmm. Let them look at them and see, you know, like take one at a time. If me and you were doing it, Dana, I take yours. I see. I give you what I think you're upset about and my response and you give me what's really what you're really upset about. Mm-hmm. And you read it and see what I wrote and see if it's even, if I'm even close. I might be I might hit it on the head or I might be somewhere worlds apart and I can look at it and see. Wow, I was not even close. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking something completely different. And that will actually open up a perspective and we can talk about it like, wow, why do you feel that way? You know, I was thinking it was this. No, it's not that. And that's how we weren't communicating because we weren't being heard. Mm-hmm. And we we processed through it. We talked through it and hopefully come up with a solution. And then once we fix that or, you know, come to a common ground on it, then we discuss what my thing. Mm-hmm. And that way we both are being heard. We both feel valued, you know, like, wow. And I think that's a, a common practice we could do if we ever get in that agreement where we're at a stalemate, like, wow, we weren't hearing each other, but now we can actually see what, you know, what we were talking about. Yeah. So what do you do when the couple can't come to an agreement? If they can't agree on what the solution is? 
And I've always said in marriage is give and take, you know, so some things you have to, you said it earlier, you're like, is this really something to battle over? Or can I, you know, if a prime example for us is video games, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up playing video games, not a problem. You feel strongly different. Like, you know, the video games are causing a problem. They need to be monitored. This and that, you know, needs to be strict here and there. So we obviously don't agree on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I say, look at me. I'm I find I play video games now. I'm, you know, I'm not 42 years old sitting there playing video games all day. But I have to listen to your concern. And again, we're a team. Me and you are more important than how those kids feel. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, look, if we being real here, right? I know who I sleep with at night. Mm-hmm. Amen. I don't sleep with them kids. Mm-hmm. And so they can't do nothing for me. Right. <laughs> so they can take an L mm-hmm. because I, I ain't that, taking no L. Mm-hmm. This is this is good stuff. I learned so much mm-hmm. about you doing these episodes. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it's it's really give and take. I mean, you can't, if you want to have your way all the time, you're not going to be married long. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, that's so real. That is so real. That is so good. So, well, this has been really good. And, you know, I just, I appreciate where we've come from because our communication used to be jacked all the way up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's good that we're still learning 21 years in. We are still trying new things. We are still learning each other. We are still giving each other grace. And um, yeah, I just hope that other people can do the same. Ditto. Thanks for being here. No it's problem. Good. Anytime. Love him. I am just, I'm proud of us. Is that all right to say? Like, I think that you can get to a point in your life where you just become really proud of your progress. And we're not done yet. Oh, my goodness. We still have such a long way ahead of us. And we are continuing every day to build our own marriage into making sure that our marriage is a lighthouse for our children and for others who who follow us. And so that was a great, great conversation with, with my husband. Um, I hope that you guys gleaned something from it. I hope that you will take some of these ideas that we have, things that we have seen work in our marriage, and I hope that you are able to take some of those ideas and apply them to your own marriage. So listen, you heard a promo for an upcoming workshop that Sean and I are going to be doing together. It's going to be spicy. It's going to be hot, um, but it's going to be great. It's going to help couples in this area of sexual intimacy because y'all, this is such a taboo topic and I have no idea why. In the year of our Lord, 2020, why on earth are married people still blushing when we talk about sex? Like, come on, guys, let's do this. And so I want you to come to the workshop. It's virtual. So no matter where you are all over the world, I have people that listen to this podcast from New Guinea. I have people that listen to this podcast from Australia, New Zealand, Kenya, Cambodia, Canada, all over. It blows my mind when I look at the stats where this little podcast is reaching people all over the world. I'm amazed and I'm so humbled. And so I want you all to join us on February the 16th. It's going to be an amazing time together with other couples. We're going to break out into small group discussions and we're really going to build together 
life is all about being together. And that's one of the things that I wanted to leave you from this particular episode is that it really does take a village in order to have a great marriage. You need people to be able to shed light on your dark places, like P. Mama Moore said in that podcast review. So be sure to go on my website at danashay.com slash workshops and register for that workshop. If you are thinking, Dana, I've been following you for a while, I've been listening to these podcasts, and I really need to talk to you one-on-one, I want to encourage you to get signed up for coaching. Coaching is something that is, it's an investment in your marriage. It is an investment and you will not regret it. You can find out all the information about the coaching packages over at danashay.com slash coaching. And I would really love the opportunity to work with you. So that's it for today's show, you guys. Thank you so much for joining in. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Be sure to give it a five-star rating if you found it helpful to you and write a review. And if you would like to be featured on the podcast, whether you want to be a guest or whether you want to ask a question, you could find all of that information over at realrelationshiptalk.com, where I also have all the show notes and podcast links to guests and other resources that we've shared on each episode. So be sure to check out realrelationshiptalk.com. It's a brand newly designed website. You're going to love it. I appreciate you all so very much for listening. Until next time, take care. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.